Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. And we welcome back John Shannon, who was kind enough to give me his book because he knows how tight I am. I don't go out and buy books. And there's things you learn every day. One of the things I learned in the book is uh, I did not know that you got suspended once by Hockey Night in Canada. Is that, can you can confirm oh, it? Oh, sure, bring up the really good news. Well, no, I just, that's amazing. <laughs> it's it's why you got suspended well, course, that I What do you mean, can you confirm or deny it? It's, it? it's in the book, man. It's in the book, and I, I respected you even more for why you got suspended. So you got to tell a story. <laughs> No, I, I well, I got I got suspended for trying to tell a director how to do his job, which is what the executive producer should be doing, and the director should listen to me. And I was very kind and patient the first three times I asked him. It was the fourth one I wasn't so patient with. How's that? All right. It had not. Now, was did, did some of it have to do with? Was this the the Calgary Edmonton series back in the mid eighties? The eighty six one. Was that the no, time? No, that was the different. I got, I, I got fired. I, I got fired that time. Oh, you did. Oh, geez, I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, you know, you have all this, Bob. But you. <laughs> this is what happens when we don't. Just, just so people are aware, if we're going to interview an NHL general manager, as a rule of thumb, the PR guy might. It, it, now, if it's an experienced GM, they're, 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 but sometimes if it's a newer GM, they'll say, "What are the themes of the questions you're going to ask?" I'm like, "Well, if you're a rebuilding organization." We'll talk about your young prospects and some of your better young players. When it comes to John Shannon, you and me have been doing, like we've been doing two interviews a week minimum for the last six years on this show. We should, you know, we don't talk before the actual interview takes place. So my my apology for for having fun. I mean, you got all this experience in the TV business. It has changed. First of all, is it fair to say you can't necessarily have as honest of conversations as you used to have 25, 30, 35 years ago with guys? Everybody's got to watch their P's and Q's because, you you know? What do you think? Yeah, I I, I, I think so. I, th- I, I think you're probably right, Bob. You know, we... Uh, uh, or as, uh, as some would say, guttural, as, yes. uh, as I was in my previous life. Um, but at the same time, you can, you know, I, I, I still see nothing wrong with uh, passion, yes, and intelligence and common sense, and all I want people around me to do, and I think I state this pretty clearly in the book, all I want people around me is to work as hard as I do, and if they work as hard as I do, and I can see it, I have no issue yeah. with what they do. It's the issue. It, it what what, be, what becomes. The, uh, the problem for me is that if I see people not working as hard as I do. I mean, I had a guy one day, just as an aside, I had a guy one day, a senior member of our team, I asked him the direct question. I said, so are you giving me 50% of your ability? Are you giving me 70%? What are you giving me? And he had the, uh, the uh, obtuse honesty to tell me that he was giving me 80%. <laughs> Which... <laughs> which opened the door for me to say, so you're telling me you're not giving me everything you can. And he said, yeah, that's true. I said, so I don't want you around then. I just yeah. don't want you around. I want yeah. people here who want to be here and want to give 100%. There, John, there's one truism, right? That the best they can deal with constructive criticism, it doesn't matter because they want to keep getting better. They thrive to continuously improve. 
under the assumption, of course, that they feel that the person that's given them that direction is qualified to do so. Like, you know, you don't you don't just stop at a certain point. You gotta, you know, the, the uh, after the Second World War, Japan had a business philosophy called kaizen, constant, never-ending improvement. I think you can extend that to meta, uh, metaphorically to how organizations are run and how they continuously want to improve their teams. Uh, and we will transition into some hockey talk yeah. momentarily. But I think when it comes to on-air talent or on-ice talent, the best guys want the most feedback so that they can continuously get better. Agreed? I agree. So, as, yeah, I do. I do agree completely. So as an aside to that, Bob, what I can tell you is... If there are if there are 32 teams and there are uh, you know radio and television, there's a hundred commentators in the National Hockey League on a daily basis calling games, re- regional and national. I would tell you that I have 45 of them on a regular basis reach out and say, "How are you doing? How am I doing? And yeah. Can I? What can I do better?" Uh, and, and and you know, 15 years ago, I would probably reach out to those people and just give them credit, give them advice whether they wanted it or not. Now I wait for them to ask me. And if they ask, you know, if they ask, watch out. You'll just get the truth, and life is good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of these days, I'll reach out to you. <laughs> All right. Well, watch out. Because <laughs> it's coming. Uh, let's uh, switch focus. We had Elliot Friedman on. And so now I'm going to pose the question as our NHL insider to you, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Is this going to be a buyer's or seller's market at the NHL trade deadline? Which do you think it is? Well, I think I, I think it's still a little early. Uh, I know it's hard to fathom that, but uh, with the deadline being uh, probably a week later than it normally is, we're, we're kind of in trade deadline mode already, thinking it's going to be the last week in February, but the first week in March. I think there are enough teams still on the bubble that haven't decided whether they're buyers or sellers. And I also think that the prices are so strange right now uh, because of the cap uh, and a couple of issues with contracts that we're, we're seeing strange things happen. Pe- people now, and I, think, I don't know whether Elliot told you this or not, but uh, people are waiting now to make sure they have enough money on the books, cap money on the books to be able to make a deal. And that will happen later in, in February, well after the All-Star break. Yeah, it's interesting uh, because Gary Bettman at one point thought that we'd see a pretty significant increase in the cap next year. Then s- sort of said, he- maybe hedged a little bit. I don't want to use, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but did a subsequent interview where he said, you know, it may only increase by a million. And then he kind of indicated just recently in the last couple of days that, you know, maybe it's somewhere in between the two. And I guess it's still a work in progress. Is it as simple, given the fact that we're in a revenue-sharing uh, league, like if the Toronto Maple Leafs theoretically win their division and come out of that division and play in the conference final, with all due respect to Tampa and Boston, um, could that be significant for National Hockey League coffers and, and, and help the capo? Is, that, is, it, is, is it too simple to look at it that way? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, but uh, w- w- what 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 isn't too simple to look at is where the league is generating revenue, um, and for instance, the the new digital boards. I think people are growing to accept the digital boards, which means advertisers are growing to accept the digital boards, which means revenue will increase, particularly if the big teams are in 
those Stanley Cup playoffs as you talk about. You know, yeah. Boston, the Rangers, the Maple Leafs. No, it's not going to be Chicago. But even like if Detroit gets in uh, by hook or by crook, those are those are big market teams, and, and national boards would sell much better. You know, the NHL is now in in so much more in the rink board advertising business that that's a that's a huge a huge factor. And, and you know, case, you know, for example, the Oilers now are selling rink boards in theory for road games for the most part too, right? So right. that's a positive, and and that's where the revenue growth is going to occur. And I, I, you know, I think, you know, I think Gary was when he said the four and a half million. I think that he was optimistic based on a on a on a curve of growth of of advertising. And then I think he hedged his bet, and now I think he realizes that you know, you know, we, we are going to have growth, and it's probably better that we don't identify a number until the middle of June. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to watch. We're joined by John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling, and. The Oilers, I believe, in a recent Forbes report, were valued at the seventh or eighth most, uh, you know, valuation out there at 1.2 billion. We know they've been a revenue contributor uh, the last several years. I think every year dating back to that, we had fans in the games dating back to the 15, 16 year, the last year at Rexall Place when the Canadian dollar was uh, depressed to the point of about 63 cents. Obviously, it's a little bit better than that right now. Uh, so you think it, we're, we're still sort of in a holding pattern? I'd like to get your take because you've got a lot of connections to Vancouver with what happened there with Bruce Boudreaux, uh, the impact of Rick Tockett, and whether we might see movement beyond Bo Horvat. Oh, I think it's very possible. And I think that's one of the reasons why Rick Tockett's on the market, uh, you know, on the job now is because I think Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin want, you know, the coach next year to weigh in and say, okay, I've got lots of time for this player. I don't have any time for this player. This guy's going to be an asset for us. This guy isn't. And I think that uh, it's, it's pretty obvious now that they're going to cut into the core, and you can define the core to be whatever you want it to be. They're going to cut into the core in order to try to make improvements, in, in addition to Horvat. And so I, I think that's something that I think that's, in, that's integral to where the Canucks are and what they're doing. You know, that's, uh, you know, the, the question for me is after two games for, uh, for Tockett, which is his team? No kidding. Uh, the one that won on Tuesday or the one that was a disaster on Wednesday? That's the problem. Well, look at Chicago. I mean, they played horrendously in Vancouver. Tuesday had eight shots on goal through two periods. And last night they walloped the Flames 5-1. Jacob Burks from struggling in goal. I remember Jack Michaels telling me, you know, Bob, I... You know, you got to wonder a bit here. Is Vladar going to push for starts? Well, it's pretty clear he's pushing for starts. Well, what you, what's your thoughts on Calgary right now, John? They're an enigma. You, you know, you know, is you know the the job description of the new players are are they in the right positions? You know, we we said well, you know, you lose Kachuk, you lose Goodrow. Well, you got uh, you got Huberdeau to do one job, and you got Kadri to do the other. Well. Kadri's probably close to doing what he's supposed to be doing as a veteran player with a little bit of grit. But Jonathan Huberdeau's not Johnny Goodrow. Jonathan Huberdeau um, is more, much more a playmaker and, a, and an East-West player than he is a North-South player. And, you know, Daryl Sutter's a North-South coach. And so if, if, if Huberdeau's going to buy into this, as, as it happened with Goodrow... It took time for Goudreau to buy into Sutter, not this long, but it took time. 
So can, will Jonathan Huberdeau, with his eight-year contract, buy in, or does he have to? That becomes that's a, a big question. Their defense has not been as good as we thought it would. They, re, you know, when Tanev's hurt, they miss Tanev. And you know, you're right about uh, if, if, if I had a game to play with the Flames and I was coaching, I would put Dan Vladar in before Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, no question about it. John, we're going to get you on Monday's show, and we're going to talk a bit about the All-Star game coming up because we're going to be in the bye week. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. Hey, this, hey, hey, quickly, I know you got to go. I was, uh, I was one of those child kids that lived at Children's Hospital. And for what you guys are doing, what Chorus is doing for Stollery and what Stollery does for families and for children, I spent more than a year of my young life in the Children's Hospital trying to recuperate from 10 surgeries. Stollery is an amazing place. It treats people great. And whatever you can give to help Stollery and through the Chorus Foundation today was just fantastic. Excellent work, John. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Cheers. 149 in Edmonton will wrap up Oilers now with this day in Oilers history when we return. We got the uh, conference finals, Brendan Escott, taking place in the NFL this weekend. Yeah. So we got the Eagles and the Niners. I'll take the Eagles. What about you? Yeah, I'm taking Eagles in that one too. I would, Christian McCaffrey's injury status there has made uh, made yeah. things a little bit interesting. And then of course you've got the Chiefs and the Bengals. What's Patrick, the line in that game? Uh, I haven't checked into that. I I know that the Bengals O line is uh, it's missing two pieces again. Alex Kappa and uh, Jonah Williams, your boy out of Alabama. So yeah, uh, we'll but Burl. you know what? Uh, the guy that beat Alabama, he's pretty good quarterback there, Joe Burrow, that year LSU had an amazing year. And it, you know, Tua got hurt in that game and LSU around the table ended up winning the national championship. That SCC, I, I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm, they're going to do it to KC again. I'm going to take the Bengals. I don't think so. I think that that pass rush from Kansas City, Chris Jones on that line at the defensive tackle position, I think ultimately it's going to prove to be too much for Burrow to handle. And in the case of, uh, I like the playmakers that the uh, that the Bengals have at receiver. So that's part of the reason why obviously Chase is a big factor there. Um, and just the strength in the box on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball for Philadelphia. You know, talk about a pass rush. I mean, they, they generate a lot there. We're going to be watching. It's going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. You can travel to California this April to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. You can reach out to newwesttravel.com, and we're going to go back 37 years ago today. Wow. To 1986, when Marc Messier opened the scoring with his 21st of the year, the Oilers hold off the Chicago Blackhawks 4-3 at Chicago Stadium. Glenn Anderson had two goals and an assist. The great one actually held off the score sheet. I was playing for the primetime Barons back in 85-86. Wow. 19. In an over-30 league, you're allowed one guy under 30. The Oilers and the Blackhawks tomorrow night live from Rogers Place. Face-off show beginning at 6.30. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Jack Michaels, myself, Cam Moon, Brendan Escott, all part of the Oilers Radio Network. Jack will have the call of tomorrow night's game with me. Reed Wilkins says inside sports night from 6 to 8. Live from the Stollery Radiothon. He sets you up for that Oilers-Hawks game tomorrow. You'll also hear from CEBL Commissioner Mike Morial and uh, Edmonton Elks linebacker Niles Morgan. He of the contract extension. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Evan Cook. Jalen and I, more coverage. 630 Chad Chorus Radiothon in support of the Stollery Children's Hospital. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend.